At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hello, and welcome to a special episode of the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. My name is Dave, here without Faraz. For once, Faraz is actually not on vacation, but rather is letting me take over today's episode. If you haven't met me before, I started helping out Faraz with the Upper Hand brand about a month ago, making some content and helping him run some stuff behind the scenes. Today, we will be discussing player injuries, their implications for fantasy and betting, and who you should fade or not fade from this list. Obviously, I am a donkey and clearly no doctor. With that being said, I do have someone much more intelligent, much more qualified, and someone you should definitely listen to. Dr. Nithin Natwa, what is up, man? Hey, how's it going, David? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man, of course. Uh, You know, right before we get into this, why don't you tell the viewers a little bit about your background and what you do? Yeah, definitely. So I am a sports medicine fellowship trained physician, meaning that I went to med school and then I did my residency for about three years in a primary care specialty, and then I decided to specialize in sports medicine for a final year, and uh, that's actually where I did my coverage of Michigan State University as one of their team doctors. It was actually my alma mater, so it was pretty exciting to do that, and nowadays I work over at Henry Ford Health System out in Detroit, Michigan, and I still do a little bit of collegiate football coverage, but I also cover Team USA weightlifting as well as some esports as well, too. Right. So clearly uh, much more qualified than I am to talk to you about injuries. Uh, Before we get into today's show, I do have to remind y'all we have a partnership with Underdog Fantasy, the best fantasy platform, in my opinion. If you are interested in playing for big money or you like to do a lot of fantasy leagues, this is the perfect option for you. Use code UPPERHAND at deposit to get $25 free with a $10 deposit. You can then, with those $35, draft seven teams and win up to $500,000 in prizes. So take the free money, use our advice, and take the championship home. Again, code UPPERHAND at the posit. Yeah, let's get right into this podcast with Travis Etienne, who unfortunately last night had to get injured, uh, getting placed on IR, likely out for the season. Let's hear about your opinion on Travis Etienne and his future in the league. Yeah, so this is really unfortunate news. He had a midfoot sprain, which I actually talked about on my account. Uh, So I I have an Instagram account called Fantasy Docs. That's where I do a lot of my fantasy development analysis. So definitely check that out. But yeah, Travis Etienne, he had a midfoot sprain. And this 
don't necessarily have to be season ending or definitely not career ending. What it is, is the midfoot has all these kind of small bones in it that connect the front of your foot to your heel and your calf. And it's responsible for a lot of your gait, a lot of your stability in your foot and transmitting that force from your calf to your foot as well too. And when that structure becomes destabilized with a midfoot sprain, basically one of the ligaments in that area gets uh, inflamed or even torn, then that destabilizes the entire area. And if it's not rehabbed very carefully, it can result in early onset arthritis. It can result in collapse of the arch of your foot. And that can lead to just chronic pain throughout, honestly, your entire life. So that's why it's very important to manage these carefully. Unfortunately for ETN, it seems like he had a more severe midfoot sprain, specifically that Lisfranc region, which connects that first and second kind of long, uh, long bones in your foot to your midfoot and that's a really important stabilization area so when that's injured it typically does mean that it's a, a career ending and I mean, a season ending injury that doesn't mean to say that for dynasty purposes he's done i do think that as long as they rehab this appropriately that he should be able to return back to form i would say the season maybe possibly some point through this next season but almost certainly by the season after that a prime example of someone who recovered well from a list Frank injury was Julio Jones. Right. So thank you for that analysis. Uh, a very unfortunate situation. Uh, what would you place the likelihood of him coming back for maybe the fantasy playoffs weeks 15 through 17? Is it possible he comes back and is effective or is this just some a situation you're just avoiding as a whole? Yeah, that's a great question. And I do think that there's a there's probably like a 15, 20% chance that he comes back for the playoffs. But that being said, I don't think he's going to be effective. Uh, I think that they're just kind of going to bring him back, hopefully get him some reps in and get him comfortable with the field uh, and just kind of see how he's feeling. But I highly doubt that he uh, he plays any kind of fantasy relevance. Even before I heard that, you know, this was a season ending thing, I'd already dropped him down to the double digits just based on it being a midfoot sprain because those are really fickle. I know some people brought up Calvin Ridley returning pretty soon from his midfoot sprain last year. I think he only missed like two games maybe, uh, but outside of that's not the norm and that's not what we should expect to happen for someone with a midfoot sprain, much less someone with a list Frank injury, which is a much more severe midfoot sprain. Right. Obviously from this implication, James Robinson gets a slight boost. We'll be having a post on him later this week. So be sure to check that out. That's yeah, it for ETN. Definitely. Let's hear it about my boy, Saquon Barkley. I have done over 170 drafts and he is my most owned running back. So whatever you're about to say, I'm not going to enjoy, but let the people know what's up with Saquon and why you should or should not avoid him this year. Yeah. So clearly you've seen my post on Saquon already. But uh, it's not anything against Saquon. I do think that he's a really strong talent, possibly even a generational talent. But history has shown us that running backs that return the season after their ACL injury don't perform well. There's only been two cases, maybe three cases. I think it was uh, Adrian Peter Peterson was definitely one of them. He returned back way stronger the season after. I think he might have even won the MVP season after he tore his ACL. And then other than that, I think it was Jamal Charles also did better too. But aside from that, most, almost all other running backs have done extremely poorly the season after their ACL. And that includes running backs that are still very good. Like Dalvin Cook had an awful season after his ACL injury, and now he's back stronger than ever. So I just have a strong policy of not targeting these running backs 
highly, especially when Saquon's going in the top five picks in some drafts. I think that that's just too much of a risk uh, with someone in that area. Now, if he's dropping to the middle of the second round, then yeah, I would definitely pull the trigger in that area because I think that the risk reward is definitely worth it there outside of the injury. You know, there's some other concerns with it as well, too, in terms of his offensive line and just kind of other factors that he's going to be facing. So kind of all of those are reasonings why I'm staying away. I referenced the study actually with running backs that return the season after their ACL and it showed pretty much uh, a significant percentage decrease in touchdown scored yards per carry and um, overall games played as well, too. So it's something against Saquon. I just tend to play the numbers on this, and that's why I don't really want to take him where he's going right now. Right. Definitely makes <clears throat> sense. Like I said, I am a donkey, and he is my most owned player. I'm sure those two are correlated. With that being said, uh, it seems like the outliers for these uh, following seasons and Adrian Peterson and Jamal Charles are very rare. I almost want to bet that Saquon is such a generational talent that will overcome it. But like Doc said, risk-reward is not there, unless he falls, of course. But yeah, that is all for Saquon. DeAndre Swift recently suffered a groin injury, is now in question for week one. I saw you had a post about him earlier today. Again, follow Fantasy Docs on Instagram. Great info. But what is up with him, and should we be worried? Yeah, so I uh, I was kind of concerned about Swift initially when they first said it was groin soreness. And the reason behind that is because Groin soreness, that's not something I'm too concerned about. Even if it's a mild groin strain, they can get past that. But the issue is, is that region is also a very similar area for a sports hernia. And a sports hernia is what Rashad Bateman ended up having, and uh, he had to get surgery on that. And basically what it is, is there's a bunch of muscles, uh, abdominal muscles and thigh muscles that attach to your pubic bone. And with a sports hernia, players that do a lot of cutting, sharp movement at um, kind of activities, that results in a lot of pressure at that pubic bone can result in some fraying, fragmenting, tearing of those tendons that are attaching there. And when that happens, that's what we call a sports hernia. It's not really the same as what you typically think of with a hernia. And my concern with Swift is that he is in a position that could be a sports hernia, and we don't really know too much of what's going on with it. So if it's a groin strain, that's fine, but it's seeming more and more like it might be something more than your groin strain with the fact that he hasn't played really at all. He's practiced very little. And now his question, his status has turned more questionable. It's not improving. He's not getting more reliable in terms of the reports. They're they're starting to hold him out longer. So now it's extended from the preseason to the first game, possibly. So all of that kind of makes me a little bit gun shy about him. And he is going according to the live drafts in the third round. But when I first posted, I wasn't going to take him until the fifth, and I probably would push that until the sixth now if for some reason he drops there. Right, so big blow to DeAndre <laughs> Swift. I know the Lions is an ugly team, but they do have <laughs> a above-average O-line, maybe elite this season. So Jamal Williams will definitely be someone to target if this news progresses to the worst. Michael Thomas. I think he's really cheap, too. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, he really is for his pass-catching ability. Up next, we got Michael Thomas, a.k.a. Can't Guard Mike, a.k.a. Slant Man. Man, this man is just in a lot of drama. Goes to the Saints for three months. What is up with him? Should we be worried? And will he come back this season to a relevant status? Yeah, so Michael Thomas is a little bit of a weird story because back in January, it seemed pretty certain that he needed surgery for that high ankle injury. 
And if he had gotten surgery, then I wouldn't really have too much concerns about his ability to perform this season, but we didn't hear anything about him getting a surgery. And then all of a sudden in June, just, you know, three months before the preseason starts or even less than that, uh, we get a report that he gets surgery then. And that just, that just doesn't make any sense why they waited all that time period. I can understand if they were thinking that it could be non-operative and they wanted to trial that, but all reports were right after the season that he should get surgery on this. So I don't know. There's some reason why they waited, but it seems like way too much drama for me to want to target to him, especially with an unknown at quarterback. I do think actually Jameis will likely be the quarterback and I don't think there'll be that much of a drop off compared to Breeze, but just combined with the injury history combined with the late surgery and combined with the type of repaired is it's typically a tightrope procedure that they do for the high ankle. If they want to return them really quickly back, it's what Tua Tagovailoa got right before the national championship. But I mean, it's not something that you want to place a draft pick on is some guy that just had, you know, a serious ankle surgery and is dealing with a new quarterback as well too. Do you know what his ADP is or? Uh, on underdog and best ball drafts, he's fallen around the 90 range. That's around 90 range. Yes. Yeah. So um, I would like to mention if you are in a season long league and your league allows IR spots, he is definitely someone I'm personally interested in picking up. I don't know uh, if you doc, if you think you should just take him and put him on IR slot. If you don't have that slot, I, I just think he's thus and probably not a great draft pick this season. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, if you have an IR slot, then that would definitely be a good kind of value pick to put in there that could potentially win your league, especially if you're in a PPR league. Right, so all prayers up to Slant, man. Uh, Want to see him play, catch some receptions. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. fun to watch. <laughs> Next up, we got Amari Cooper, my boy. He had an ankle cleanup surgery in January and is now on a six, or was supposed to have a six-week recovery. It's been six months What's going on? So I'm pretty confident that uh, Amari is going to be okay. All the recent reports, at least, have been that he is on track to play for week one. And um, typically when you have an ankle cleanup procedure, that's a really vague term. But it usually means that there was, you know, a little bit of loose cartilage, maybe even a bony fragment uh, kind of floating around there in an area of pain that the patient was feeling. And they just... They don't touch it if it's not causing pain, but if it is in an area of pain, especially in a high-level athlete, they will consider going in arthroscopically, which means minimally invasive and kind of plucking that fragment out. Or if they have early findings of chondromalacia, which means chondromalacia is like the beginning stages of arthritis. So there's cartilage that covers the bone. And when the cartilage is wearing down, they call that chondromalacia. When all the cartilage is gone and the bone starts wearing down, that's when they call that arthritis. So sometimes that cartilage surface is kind of rough. And um, also, once again, if that's in an area of pain, then they'll go in and they'll try and smooth that out, clip out any frayed ends and all of that. So typically not, not a significant surgery and something that they usually are able to recover full speed from in the short term. So within the same season, within a couple months, uh, not really any kind of ill effects. So I think that... Um, I think that Amari Cooper should be fine. He's a veteran. He doesn't really need too much of a preseason. And, uh, you know, I think he's just getting ready for that season opener on September 9th. Right. No worries for Amari Cooper. Seems all to be good. Next up, we got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Recently suffered a low ankle, ankle sprain from what I've read. Seems to be no danger to miss week one. Anything you want to touch up on that? 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I talked about Clyde today. So he had a right ankle sprain. And previously, last season, he had a right high ankle sprain. And that was very concerning. That knocked him out for a couple of games. Um, when he injures the same ankle, obviously, people are going to be a little bit concerned that, you know, maybe this is another high ankle sprain. But they said right away that physical exam testing didn't really reflect that. And it is pretty easy to rule out a high ankle sprain on physical exam testing, assuming that the two major tests that you do are negative. So I'm confident in that. And also it's the NFL. I'm sure they grabbed an MRI and made sure that there was no kind of inflammation there too after they said that it wasn't a high ankle sprain. One thing that was a little bit concerning is that Andy Reid said it was the inside of his ankle that he tweaked. And that means that it's a medial ankle sprain as opposed to the more common lateral ankle sprain, which is what you think of when you twist your ankle, when you roll it, those are almost always lateral ankle sprains and they recover much faster than medial ankle sprains. So that was the one thing that stuck out to me that I was a little bit concerned about, but then I found out that he logged a full practice yesterday and really all my, all my concerns kind of went away. So it's not a high ankle sprain. It is a low ankle sprain, which is a little bit more of a long-term thing with the medial ankle sprain. But the fact that he logged uh, full practice makes me think that, you know, it was extremely mild and he's already pretty much recovered from it and he should be able to play in the uh, regular season opener. Right. Good stuff. All good for Clyde Edwards Hilaire. All right. Next up, we got Daryl Henderson. And man, God bless the Rams. Three running backs injured for them, Cam Akers, Raymond Calais, and now Mr. Hendy. It's just a thumb sprain. And obviously that does not sound too bad, but I'm sure that has some issues with blocking, ball security, receiving. <clears throat> what exactly does this, does this mean for Daryl Henderson? And are you worried about it? Yes, when they talk about a thumb sprain, it's almost certainly gamekeeper's thumb, uh, which if you think it gets its name from goalies who consistently have to catch a ball in their hand and the ball pushes the thumb backwards repeatedly and it causes a strain to that inside thumb ligament. Uh, another thing that a lot of you winter sports people, skiers, snowboarders might have seen is when you fall out stretched on your hand and your thumb kind of splays open, you can also get an acute injury of that same kind of sprain. So they already have him back out of practice. He is in a non-contact jersey. So that's pretty reassuring. He is going to have ball security issues probably for the next I would say month, month and a half. This is something that that is kind of painful and does feel kind of unstable, even in a grade one, which I've had a grade one before. Obviously, you know, he's more of an athlete than I am. So <laughs> he should probably be able to control the symptoms better, but it will, he will still have to deal with some pain symptoms at that thumb, which as we all know is important area for ball security, for blocking and all of that. So I wouldn't, I would expect him to have to not really be performing up to par for this first month. All right. So no concerns there. Hopefully long-term he's all good. Yeah. Next up, we got CMC Christian McCaffrey only played three games last year and still managed to somehow average 30 points a game. He's had a <laughs> healthy preseason, but did, did deal with that ankle and shoulder injury last year. Do you have any concern for him? No, no, I don't. Uh, he had a high ankle sprain. That's a lot of concern within the same season, but when it's rehabbed appropriately, I don't have any concerns with it lasting from season to season. Get an AC joint sprain or a separated shoulder. Uh, and that's also something that is extremely painful in the short term, but typically resolves without any kind of issues. If you have the first overall pick, I'm taking CMC. Good look, smart. All right, next up, Mr. Dak, Rain Dakota Prescott. Ankle and shoulder, all reports I've read is that he's recovering well has been doing some light throwing. Do you have any concern with his injury and should he be good for the season opener? 
Yeah, I'm a little bit concerned about Dak, and I think uh, God damn it, I think Shepter, <laughs> I think Schefter, did he drop a bomb or something that was saying that he might be feeling these symptoms throughout the season or something like that? Yeah, I did read that. Um, it hurt a little bit, but it's Dak. It's okay. Yeah, no, I mean, and that's <laughs> fine too. So it's uh, so he had this crazy uh, ankle dislocation, which is a really serious injury. It requires quite a bit of rehab, and I do think that's going to limit his rushing mobility and kind of his rushing points fantasy wise. I didn't think that, you know, he was going to suffer a lot with his passing points because I thought he was actually just going to be passing more due to the ankle issues. But then he ended up getting this likely shoulder impingement, latimus dorsi strain, uh, if you know where your lats are, right kind of uh, to the side of your, right underneath your shoulder on your outer, on your outer torso. So the thought process that some people have said is that due to the weird ankle mechanics of him kind of getting accustomed to playing normally is that they call it the kinetic chain where every kind of throwing motion in your body is connected from your hand back through your shoulder all the way down to your foot. So they're saying because the ankle is off that it may have caused him to strain his, uh, his lat. And I could see that happening, uh, but that's something that is concerning to me only because I thought that the ankle injury was going to hinder him. And if he starts having associated injuries with that, that's going to be, that's going to be a little bit of a concern for me, at least in terms of targeting a quarterback. I think that they said that he might be questionable for week one as well too. But uh, yeah, his, I was re reportedly determined, but they didn't say what it was. <laughs> um, well, see. Yeah, so serious injury, still symptomatic, having another injury in the preseason, all kind of concerning for me. So, I mean, it would, I think that there's better options at quarterback for you to go after. Right. Very unfortunate for this season's future MVP. I'm sure he'll be fine. If anyone can get it done, it is Dak. <laughs> Next up, we got Wolf Fuller. Man, this man can't stay healthy. And whatever <laughs> PEDs he was on last year, they should let every player in the league use them because he stayed healthy for those, what, 15 whatever games. What's up with Wolf Fuller? He practiced today for the first time this offseason. Are you concerned with anything long-term or is this just another nagging injury he deals with? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm concerned, uh, but it's nothing new with Wolf Fuller just because, you know, if you look at his injury history, it's literally like a scrolling page. It's just, yeah, he's just it's like every class. season. I, I don't think he's, uh, yeah, I think he's never played a full season actually. And I don't expect him to play a full season here either. Uh, but the thing is, is that he, he does have a relatively cheap ADP, I believe. Mm -hmm. And I think that he, you know, I think that he's going to be a good fantasy asset when he is able to play. Uh, but I do think that we can pencil in about one, to two missed games for him this season, just in general. Yeah, if I could get 12, 13 games out of Wolf Fuller, I'm a happy man. Hopefully he can figure it out this season without the extra drugs. Yeah, Next up, still got Watson there. Yeah. Yeah, Watson's <laughs> yeah, happy about that, but. <laughs> deal. Um, Next up, we got Curtis Samuel. Has been a trouble this whole offseason. Got COVID, then a groin, groin strain. Got placed on pup list and is now in practice. Do you have any long-term concerns for Curtis Samuel or should he just ease right into this Washington offense? Uh, I have a little bit of long, uh, long-term long concerns with him and that's because of the COVID stuff. So it seems like he had some pretty persistent symptoms because he was on that 
on that pup list for COVID specifically for a rather long period of time, like longer than the two to three weeks that they typically say they should be on it. So that makes me think that he was having some persistent symptoms from it. And that's actually something that we have to take into account this season, uh, which we might not have thought of last season, is if any of these players come down with COVID, then they might they have a small chance of being those people that have kind of those long-term fatigue mono-like symptoms, and that could really impact their performance. So I think that that's something that people really need to take into account when they see that a player might have come down with COVID is to kind of take that into account. And if they start seeing like a significant drop off in play, then you might have kind of a cause for that too. Right. uh, Otherwise, I don't think that any of the other injuries at least are concerning to me. Right. Just a precaution for Curtis Samuel. Uh, Again, when we're talking about these players and if they fall, 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 fall enough, fall further enough in your draft, um, you should take some stabs on them. We're just yes, advocating not to reach out on them or take them at ADP. But everyone is right at the right price. Yeah, there's uh, there's very few players that I would absolutely not draft. Price is right for almost some of them. Right. Next up, Devontae Smith. Again, struggled a little bit with injury this offseason, MCL sprain. He played in the preseason a couple snaps. Do you have any concern with him? No, I did have a, so I do have, I do have a little bit of a concern because the major knock on him was his size coming out of the draft. And then he gets uh he gets an injury that is related to his size as well, too. It's like, if you take a big hit and you're a smaller person and it, it hits your knee, uh, MCL sprain is not usually one of those non-contact injuries like the ACL is. It's usually a contact injury. And I do think that it, that his size played a factor in it. So although it's good that he's recovered and I think that his value is actually phenomenal because I think he's honestly the best wide receiver in that Philadelphia receiving core and he's got a college connection and he's super cheap. I think he's going in like the eighth or the ninth round. So I'm drafting him, but I would temper those expectations and say that he is a mild to moderate injury risk throughout the season until he bulks up a little bit more. Right. Yeah. Devonte Smith can easily lead, this team and targets and receptions, man, he can even command a 30% target share for all we know. Definitely a good stab to take later in your draft. Yes, Next absolutely. up, Odell Beckham Jr. ACL tear last year on pace to play. Any long-term uh, concerns with Odell? And are you targeting him this year in your drafts? Yeah, I like Odell. He's um he's relatively cheap as well too. He He's a great wide receiver. He's a, he's a, yeah, he's a great wide receiver. <laughs> I didn't think about that because we haven't seen him play in a while. But uh, I think that, you know, he's going to kind of slip right back in there. He's got another year in the system. He's going right now in the seventh round, about sixth, seventh round. And uh, he should be the number one target. I know he wasn't kind of that first, that first season that everyone was kind of playing together. But um, I think he's going to be on a mission to prove something this season. So I'm good taking him in those in that like late, uh, late six round area. Yeah, I like Odell as a nice comeback player this year. Next up, we got Chase Claypool just injured his right ankle. Reported by Shefty as a minor injury, maybe a grade two lateral ankle sprain. Any thoughts on Claypool and what's up with him? No, I think Claypool's... uh... He's a good, he's a really good wide receiver. They have a crowded wide receiver core though, because all of their wide receivers are pretty good. Um, 
injury wise, I'm not following. I think that there's plenty of time for him to rehab it before the season. And I don't anticipate it giving him any kind of long-term issues. All right. All good news for Chase Claypool. Next up, you were talking about him earlier. Rashad Bateman just had groin surgery, may play in September, maybe October. Can he miss even more time than that? And are you scared to take him at his current price, which is basically free now? <laughs> yeah. So the thing about sports journey is, is that within the same season, they are kind of hard to recover from. And, um, a good example of this was Lazard. So Lazard was expected to have the same timeline and then he pretty much didn't really play for most of the season due to just some things or the other things. And when he did play, he wasn't really, you know, any kind of a, any kind of a huge factor. So I don't know, I would not really be targeting him because also Baltimore isn't, you know, known for, throwing that much so and they already have some pretty uh they have some mouths that they that want to be fed in the wide receiver core there already so i would not be charging i would not be drafting bateman i don't think that he's i don't think he's worth the spot on my roster so when i was talking about before there's very few people i wouldn't target bateman's one of them right bad looks for shot bateman bad looks for the ravens receiving core as a whole Hollywood Brown has dealt with soft issue, soft tissue injuries his whole career. Yeah. He's currently nursing a hammy injury. Any concern with him? No, I I've thought that Brown, so Brown had a list rank injury as well too. And mm-hmm. I don't know if a lot of people remember that, but it happened right before the draft actually, or right, not right before the, uh, the season before the draft. And he's always been having these soft tissue injuries in his lower extremity. And I'm wondering if it was just because that, that list rank injury you know, it's just aggravating him and he's just loading weirdly and it's causing him to have kind of these soft tissue aggravations. So I don't know. I'm not really high on a lot of the play. I think it's just too much of a gamble for the Ravens wide receiver core. You pick one of them and the other two go off and you're <laughs> lost. So, right. So with these injuries to these Raven receivers, I would not be surprised if Mark Andrews was top three and targets the season at the tight end position especially with this Bateman news. Next up, we got Joe Burrow. Knee and MCL, knee, MCL, ACL tear last year, week 11. He's looking fine at practice, avoided the pup list, but he's looking scared. A lot of reports are saying that he's not looking great. Do you have any concern with him long-term this season and for the rest of his career? No, I don't. And the reason is, is I think that he just needs to get more reps just needs to get more comfortable and i think his first gameplay once he takes a couple big hits then he'll be back to normal once he kind of realizes that you know i'm not going to get injured if i take a massive hit it was just kind of a freak accident and um and he's played in high pressure situations before he won a national championship for a high pressure university as a transfer quarterback coming from one of the other biggest football schools in the country so I think that he's no stranger to pressure. And I think he just needs to get more gameplay and kind of get back into his groove. He was great last year before his ACL injury and ACL injuries aren't the same in quarterbacks as there as running backs, especially in quarterbacks that aren't super mobile. And yeah, Joe Burrow can run, but no one would call him a dual threat quarterback, I would think. So I think that he should be fine. I think people are just kind of being more aware of mental health these days. So it's popping up with the news a little bit more often, which isn't a bad thing, but uh, I don't have any concerns with Burrow. All right. Good looks for Burrow. Excited to see the Spangles offense. Hopefully they can lead the league in passing. That would be fun. Next up, we got Tua. 
just having lingering hip and ankle issues from last season. Do you have any concern for him this season? And do you think he is good to go? I think that he's, he's good to go. Uh, he, I think that he's going to have a second year kind of bounce back. I think that the media has always been really kind of down on Tua. And uh, I don't think he's had kind of a, a fair shot yet. We haven't really seen what he's got to give. And I think that, you know, last season he was surprisingly started when Fitzgerald actually was doing pretty well. So already the the narrative was set against them because a lot of people were like, why are you even putting Tua in right now? <laughs> so I think now that he gets to start off with a fresh season, we should really be able to see what he got, what he's got. And, um, you know, I don't have too many concerns about his hip injury. Yeah, for what it's worth, I placed a MVP bet on him earlier in the offseason. Nice. Uh, probably an awful idea, but we will see how that goes with Tua. His supporting cast is good, and the media yeah. hates him. All right, next up, another quarterback, Carson Wentz, who was supposed to miss a lot of time and is now looking to miss no time. What is up with that ordeal, and are you worried about him for the whole season? Yeah, and Carson Wentz's thing brings a lot of the a lot of the issues with fantasy analysis and especially injury analysis because Carson Wentz had this foot surgery and he had some vague bone that was injured and it got removed and that's kind of all the information we got. And to be honest, there's there's very few surgeries. There's pretty much no surgeries other than an arthroscopy. What I was talking about before was just a cleanup procedure where someone can return this quickly from injury from. And that's kind of the thing. We don't really know if what the information we're getting is actually legitimate. A lot of times they kind of just fudge the medical information they released to us because they're not really under any obligation to tell us the truth about uh, a player's medical information. That's, that's not something that they're legally obligated to do. So sometimes they do it. Most of the time they do it, but sometimes they don't. And I feel like that happened here because uh, it's really odd for Wentz to initially have a five to 12 week timeline and then suddenly be playing a week later so that's that's something that I won't really be able to comment too much on Wentz's injury just because I feel like we don't really know what it is and um, sometimes that happens with fantasy football yeah I just wish the NFL realized that their most diehard fans is us us as donkeys playing fantasy betting (laughs) doing DFS all these things we care about these injuries a lot and I think they understand that but yeah, that will be yeah, same all. Thing happened, the same oh, thing happened with yeah. Luck, too. The day before he retired, they were just like, yeah, he's doing great. We're like ready to, yeah. ready and to win a Super Bowl. Just <laughs> goodbye. Retired. Yeah, it's just it's unfortunate. And I wish we could get some more info on these things. With that being said, that was today's episode discussing all fantasy relevant players. I hope you guys enjoy today. Doc, do you have anything you want to pitch or shill before we get off this? No, just hit me with a follow on Instagram at Fantasy Docs. You know, I'll answer, I answer any questions in the comments and let's win a championship together this season. Yeah, be sure to check out his Instagram. Again, Fantasy Docs. Uh, we'll be linking it in the description and in the podcast notes below. Thank you for listening and enjoy your day.